I will get there. Making God's power personal. During this entire series, being in awe with God, I, my aim has been to deepen your worship, our worship of God. We live in a time and in a society that is determined to replace your reality. Your reality about what is right and wrong, your reality about what is proper or improper, your reality of what is moral or immoral, about what speech is loving and what speech is hateful. But with all that, still the most direct efforts to change the way you perceive things from what I can see is how you perceive you, how you perceive yourself. It just seems so easy for people today, even us as Christians, to get down on ourselves or to think less of ourselves or believe that in some way, some significant way, we just don't measure up. And we all know the Bible verse that says you shouldn't think too highly of yourself. I want to underscore the opposite. You shouldn't think too lowly of yourself either. Our world is trying to get people to believe that they are just ordinary or unnecessary, getting people to believe that they don't have what it takes, getting people to believe that you have little impact and there's really nothing you can do of any value. This is because the effort to get people to believe how little power they truly possess but as a believer in Jesus Christ, the power of God is available at your disposal every moment. What this has inspired, though, from our culture is all these various seminars and self-help groups that are aimed at letting you know and see how much power you really have to try and encourage you in some way. And I guess these have their place, I guess. But today I want you not to place your hope in the power just that relies in, that is present in you as an individual. I want to direct your hope to how much power God has placed in you. That his power is available. When your life seems out of control, God wants you to know his power is real. When your life feels like you're a pinball in a machine. God wants you to know his power is available and has not been lessened in any way. When everyone is telling you to give up, either on a person or on a relationship or on a situation or on yourself, God, is, God wants you to know he's got power to tell them all to just go away and he's going to perform wonderful things in your life. Nearly 100 times in the Bible, between the Old and New Testament, of the many names for God that we are given throughout Scripture, God Almighty is there. And that's something we need to see. Ephesians chapter 1, verse number 18. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people and his incomparable great power for us who believe. 
The power is the same as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at the right hand in heavenly realms. Far above all, rule and authority, power and God and every name that is invoked, not only in the present age, but in the age to come. Whatever you're going through, whatever you're trying to accomplish, God has enough power to tell all the people that are telling you it's not possible, yes, you can. Yes, you can, and you will. Everything about God is almighty. Aren't you glad his mercy is almighty? Aren't you glad his grace is almighty? Aren't you glad his forgiveness is almighty? Even forgiving the people you can't stand. I, uh, I didn't know. <laughs> Didn't you? That one, I had to draw that one out of you a little bit. His disdain or hate for sin is almighty. His wisdom is almighty. So, yes, his power is almighty. There are situations you will face that can't be overcome, that can't be overcome just by You've given it the good old college try. They need the power of Almighty God. He knows more than enough to be able to get you through any situation, even your most difficult time. Now, it is true, the Bible is clear, that Satan roams like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. But I have good news, be of no fear. Your God is a safari hunter. And he can take care of any roaring lion that comes your way. I remember distinctly when I was in Zimbabwe and they took us on a safari. And it was wonderful to be in this truck that came close to all the different animals that were in the game preserve. Whether it be an elephant or antelope or hippopotamus or whatever. And, but I have to admit, I want to be a pastor that's full transparency. When the truck went to the place where the lions were. I got to the very middle of the truck, hoping that if the lions were going to attack, they'd eat somebody else before they got to me. But I will say that when we turned toward where the lions were, that's when the guide who was there, he picked up his rifle, and he was ready. I still went to the middle of the truck. But our God for the lions in your life is more than capable, more than able to put them aside and make them toothless in your life. When you are in Christ, no one can remove you from his mighty hands. When you are in Jesus, no one can separate you from his mighty love. The heavens declare the glory and power of the Lord. The earth is filled with his examples of his mighty hand. No wonder that so often we want to get away and go see in nature and go visit places that are amazing to just see God's hand and what he has done. But today, I want to encourage you. You don't need to travel anywhere to see an amazing place or incredible sights to witness the power of God. Because the power of God is fully manifest and amazing in what you see in the mirror. You. Psalm 139, verse number 13. For you created my innermost inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. 
your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame is not hidden from you. When I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. How precious to me are your thoughts. God, how vast is the sum of them. Were I to count them, they would outnumber the grains of sand. When I awake, I am still with you. Church, you are fearfully and wonderfully made. You are a mighty demonstration, just as you are, of how powerful and how amazing our God is. You want to marvel at God's artistry? Look in the mirror. Truly behold the amazing creation of the Lord that you are. In the fourth century, there was a church father named Augustine, or Augustine, depending on how you want to pronounce it, an early church father who wrote this. People go everywhere from the tallest mountains to the mighty billows of the sea, the tides of the river, or even the circuits of the stars above. But they pass right by themselves when looking for God's power. The truth is most of us do not realize how awe-inspiring we really are. Do you see yourself as awe-inspiring? Now, I understand the concern here. We start telling ourselves we're awe-inspiring, and we get a fat head. We start telling other people how awe-inspiring we are. Let's keep this to ourselves for right now. But when it comes to those moments when this world is beating you down, and it's a when, when this world is telling you that unless you go in this direction or possess that philosophy or buy into that fashion, that you mean nothing. God is saying you are his amazing creation and you are fine and amazing just the way you are. Just think about the various systems in your body medically. They work together to create an incredible human being and that incredible human being is you. George Gallup, the American statistician, once said, I could prove in a moment the, inst the existence of God statistically. Take the human body alone. The chance of all the functions of, the, of any individual would just happen is a statistical monstrosity. I like that. Statistical monstrosity. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. You are a clear and undeniable demonstration of the power of Almighty God. No wonder, King David says in verse 14, I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful, and I know them full well. Don't let anyone make you feel less than amazing. Don't let anyone help you deny yourself as a demonstration of God's power. God made you in an atmosphere of divine wonder. Now, I will fully admit, when I was in Kenya, and they don't have a lot of uh, street lighting or ambient lighting, so when the sun goes down and it's real dark, the stars in the heaven are a magnificent sight. And because of where it is, there are stars I, we don't normally get to see. But to truly come to grips with even as how amazing those sights were to me, that God's great power is manifest in you, in you, wonders to perform. Every person, every adult, 
every child fearfully and wonderfully made. I don't need to embrace the image makers of Madison Avenue. I don't need them. I don't need the latest fashions or the latest mobile device to have value. Now, I remember, I don't remember how many years ago it was. Might have been as many as 10 or 15. I found an old pair of slacks and the amazing part is that they still fit. But, uh, and I put them on, but they were what we from the 70s, so if you're not from that era, forgive me, I will try and define things for you. We called them bell-bottoms. And I realized as I put the pants on that the name was so apropos because the pant leg would come down and then this bell would appear at, at the bottom by my ankles. And I remember someone saying to me, it might have been my older son, what is that? Who would wear that today? It was so comforting to me in the last couple of years to see how bell-bottoms have come in back into fashion. Oh, they don't call them that anymore, but we know better. But see, I don't care what the fashions say. I don't care what the magazines portray. I don't care what anybody is pushing forth in an effort to have me feel better or have some opportunity to possess value. I possess value because Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior, and he died for me, and he died for you, and gave me the truth that I am fearfully and wonderfully made. I don't need the latest mobile device. Yes, I have a cell phone, and at times it can appear smarter than I am. But it's not what makes me special. I just don't understand that when a new device comes out that people are waiting overnight at the Apple store just to get it. Aren't you going to wait with us? No, I'm going to get a good night's sleep. Thank you. Because my value is not in that. But your phone is not the latest. You're not hip. You're not cool. You can ask my family. I stopped trying to be cool about 30 years ago. I don't really care about cool. I care about what Jesus thinks about me, not what the culture does. I'm not special if, and then fill in the blank. I'm not special because, and fill in the blank. Beloved, I am and you are special because that's how God made you. And you have no other choice but to be special and wonderfully made. But our world doesn't look at it that way. So why is this important? Why does it matter how I look at myself? Why does it even enter in to this whole conversation? Because of his awesome power, you and I can do something this world repeatedly tries to do because of the fashions and because of the gadgets and because of the philosophies, and it can't. Because of what God has done in our lives, you and I can rest in him. We can truly rest in him. Verse 16, your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. He made me. And when something goes wrong physically, he has the ability to fix me. Don't you believe that? No matter what's going on. He knows that I am going to face issues and I'm going to have need. 
Matthew chapter 6, verses, starting in verse number 5, verses I'm sure you've read before. And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly I tell you that they receive their reward, but when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like the pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask him. Think about that phrase for a minute. Your Father knows what you need right now. He wants us to pray to him for these needs because as a good parent, he'd like to have a conversation with his children. And we need to have that intimacy with God. But he knows what you need before you ask him. God formed you from things that were just unformed. He knows how to put you together. He knows how to direct your life. He knows how to rescue you from situations. He knows that at times you travel in difficult and strange and even dangerous places. And God knows what you need and he's going to protect you because he fearfully and wonderfully made you. All the days of your life are in his hands. Aren't you glad for that? Every single day that you're going to live is in his hands. Now we have work to do. We have things that we need to do. It's much better for the days that we're going to live if we influence them with good choices than with dumb choices. But when we come to him in that place of prayer, God's almighty power is available. And it always will be. And we can not only rest his, in his plan for our lives, because of it we can trust him. Now, I'm sure every single one of us has been let down by someone, let down by someone close. Verses 17 and 18 read, How precious to me are your thoughts, God. How vast is the sum of them. Were I to count them, they would outnumber the grains of the sand. When I awake, I am still with you. I've shared this testimony before. I'll never forget getting the call to be a part of a missions team of pastors going to Indonesia. This was back in the year 2000. And it was an amazing opportunity. I would be gone for about a month. So I had to put everything in place. That call came in January of the year 2000. And then we received other news in February, in March of the year 2000, that God had performed another miracle, a miracle that in December would be called Peter. So here I am planning to be gone for a month, for the month of, this month of November, and the baby's due date was the end of November. Now, ladies, be honest. How many of you would let your husband go halfway around the world when at a point in which you will be, as the Bible calls it, great with child. And literally halfway around, if you stick a, a pencil through a globe in New York, it comes out in Indonesia. And so we, we uh, I had a number of 
good, meaning, loving, encouraging Christians saying, well, you can't go. That would be crazy. Doesn't this information change the situation for you? And I made it clear. This information may be new to me, but it wasn't new to God when he called me in January. He knew what was going to happen in March. Well, I still think it was wrong. A number of comments. So I did what any sane husband would do. I, I, we had a long, I had a long conversation with my wife, who basically, after I explained my concern, she just said two words. You're going. Okay. Yes, I'm going. She had more faith about God's care and God's protection and God's provision, admittedly, than I did at that moment. And so I prepared, still went through some comments from loving people of God, but I left on, the, uh, I think it was November 2nd, and I returned Thanksgiving Eve. People would say, but what would happen if all of a sudden, in the, before you got back, your wife went into labor? And I said, well, then God would handle it. I can rest and trust in him. What if something goes wrong? I said, you're asking the same questions that are going to generate the same answers. I trust and rest in him. I got back Thanksgiving Eve, and seven days later, my son Peter was born. God took care of us. We try to figure things out and put our own spin on things and try to make sense of it from a human perspective. But I want to encourage everyone today that God can do miraculous things and can take you to miraculous places no matter what it looks like to the world and sadly at times no matter what it looks like to the church. All of our days are in his hand. I still remember coming back from uh, Indonesia. It's the first time I ever experienced true jet lag. Because uh, I left Indonesia, Jakarta, Indonesia, at 10 a.m. on November 23rd. Traveled for 27 hours and arrived at JFK at 8 a.m. on November 23rd. Do, 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 do. <laughs> I was... I was I, I needed the Lord at that moment in a, in a special way. And I preached that night um, at church. I then passed out for like a day or so. But all of our days are in his hand. Does that truly give us peace? When those close to us begin to travel paths that are in the wrong direction, do we understand that our days and even their days are in his hand? Does that provide us peace? He will always be there. So take stock in the Lord's thoughts toward you today. And specifically, his thoughts he has toward you. That you are precious. You are special. You are chosen. You are desired. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. And that no matter what you go through, God will always be there. Ever had anyone let you know that you had gotten to the end of their rope? That you had passed their last nerve? I know it's only me. None of you have ever experienced that. We can do this to one another. We can get to the end of our patience. 
aren't you glad even in your worst moments, he's right there. He's never upset to see you. It never bothers him that you're there, ever. You are a demonstration of God's power, of the almighty God. Don't let anyone ever tell you anything different. Stand with me, please. Going to ask the worship team to come. Before we partake of Holy Communion, they've chosen a tremendous, tremendous old hymn of the church that kind of says it in simple language. Jesus paid it all. He paid it all. So let's sing this song together.